0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mimosas with Moms podcast. I'm your host Abby Williams. I don't know about you guys, but meal times in general with littles is very stressful. It could be very difficult. Um, you have picky eaters, or you have children that don't want to sit at the dinner table, or whatever the issues are. Um, meal times can be stressful, especially for busy moms, and which most of us are. Um, it's a lot. Now you add a quarantine to the mix and meal times are getting even harder. I know in our home, we are eating a lot more sugar. I'm baking a lot more and I'm not even a baker, but I'm a big sweets person. So when I don't know what to do with the children, I'm like, let's make cookies. Um, I know we're snacking a lot more. Plan- meal planning is very hard right now because we go to the grocery store and they're out of a lot of the things that we need. Um, so... Meal times is definitely a stressful time right now for a lot of people, but I am excited because today I am welcoming Ahuva Magdair Hirschkop, who is the mother of almost three-year-old twins. She is a registered dietitian and an online course creator. Um, she runs a pediatric-based nutrition practice in Toronto focusing on working with families to reduce mealtime stress, support positive family mealtimes, and support mothers in reducing the mental load of feeding their families. Um, Hova believes in the immense power of a successful family meal. But that as busy moms, giving our family the nourishing meal they deserve can only take so much out of us. You really want to make sure that you are following along with her on her social media platforms right now because she is creating a ton of content around um, having these positive meal times during this time and giving ourselves grace and taking a lot of the stress out of meals. So you can find her on her free Facebook community, The Busy Mom's Guide to Feeding Your Family, or on Instagram at R D. That's A-H-U-V-A-R-D. And let's get started. Cheers. So, welcome, Ahuva. I'm so excited that you are here. I think that this is like probably one of my biggest stressors (laughs) in my marriage. (laughs) I get that a lot. I know. It's like not the financial stuff, it's like meal planning. Totally. Yeah. So, welcome. Kind of tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Definitely. So, I'm Ahuva, I'm a Mm -hmm. registered dietitian, and I have a pediatric based practice in Toronto.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm also
1: an online course creator and support parents in creating successful mealtimes and reducing the mental load that so many parents feel um, in feeding their families. Because as you're saying, it's so real.
0: <laughs> it is so real. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, when we have weeks where we're on top of it and you have a grocery list that makes sense, it's totally. like going with uh,
1: totally.
0: whatever you're making, your meals, and not just, oh, let's buy some chicken and some vegetables. Totally. And then you come home at the end of the day, like, now what am I supposed to do with any of this? <laughs> right.
1: As you have, like, and you're, you're a parent of young kids also. As you yeah. have, like, young
0: yeah. kids being like, Mommy, what's for
1: dinner? What's for dinner? And you're holding like, like you're saying, Right. And you're like, and now I need to make it. But you also need to pee and you also yeah. need to this. And you also, and you're like feeling pulled in 20 <laughs> different directions.
0: Or is that just me? No, no, it is definitely not just you. I think it's like the majority of us. And then we kind of get stuck in these ruts of making the same things over and over, or you're ordering out and yeah. that's not healthy. And yeah, so kind of tell us a little bit about, um, I guess, how you're helping parents reduce that. Totally.
1: Um, so I actually got into this because, you know, I'm a mom of almost three-year-old twins. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I always say before I had my kids, I could come home, I could, you know, after a whole day of work, and I could, you know, at five o'clock decide to exercise, and then at yeah. six o'clock still have time to make something for two adults, because, if, you know, if you waited till eight o'clock for dinner. Who cares, right? Yeah, whatever. Um, and, I think, you know, having kids, <laughs> it was this whole mindset shift of other people, and even as someone who, you know, trained as a dietitian, who, um, I, I you know, professionally, and I just like food. So, you know, I've always been on top of making meals because I enjoy eating like that, but I've never had someone at 5 p.m. ask me what's for dinner. Um, (laughs) And I've never had, you know, friends and colleagues who are doing that also. And, you know, hearing all of the different conflicting information online, because in the age of social media, there is so much of what is way to um, to feed your family, right? Yeah. is a really big one and and feeling overwhelmed in doing that and how do I do that and all the rest of it and that's sort of how I ended up getting into this line of work is just realizing (laughs) that so many parents were feeling so stressed and the part about it that I hate or that I'm so passionate about is so often it's dinner bath bed right that's for so many of us and so our last lasting impression of being with our children is like a gong show. It's awful. And it's stress. And it's, and every day, it's so true. Every day, so many moms who, you know, have killed it the whole day and whatever they were doing, come home and they're like, well, now I'm a failure. I couldn't even get out You know,
0: and it totally stinks, you know, on both sides probably, but like, you know, the working moms who that's like their only time during the day with their kids. And it's just like this, yeah, mad dash at the end of the day to get their kids to bed. And the stay-at-home moms who are like probably burnt out by definitely dinner time, definitely. <laughs> and you
1: know, especially like for women who are
0: who are at home. I know
1: so many yeah. women who are high achievers who are you know staying at home, and they're like, "If I'm staying at home, I need to ace this momming thing." And then every day it's like, "Well, this is a poor performance review from your boss." Um, that feels really good. Yeah. And you know, so working with a lot of parents, number one to just recreate the conversation and reframe the mindset about what's a good enough dinner. Right. Yeah. Because I think so often, um, you know, when I had personal experience, like when I was feeding my my kids when they were infants or six months or a year or whatever it was, and yeah. I would make them two or three lunches every day. And I remember one day saying to myself, like oh such a bad mother, how can I only give my kids two to three options? Like, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then you restart the menu. And yeah. also I was like, okay, hey now. Like they're full balanced meals. They're fine. Three <laughs> okay. options. Like, that's all that I have for lunch. Yeah. And yet so many of us, um, you know, have these expectations of ourselves that we should be an all-you-can-eat buffet or that, you know, we need to create these massive feasts of meals for our kids. And that's a lot of pressure for moms.
0: So Do you think one- that's, like, really come about, like, since the social media and online stuff has just like boomed over the past however many years that now don't
1: think that it helps.
0: Yeah. But now um, we're like looking at all these moms and the comparison game, and it's like, oh my gosh, they're cutting their little sandwiches into stars. And... Totally, totally, <laughs> totally. And I think that that definitely that doesn't
1: help moms, right? Because right. I think it's super nice, and social media can be really great, and right. you know, cutting these things into fun <laughs> if you want to, or if you ever have time to, like that's great. Right. But the expectation, the bar that that set. Um, like even the yeah. bento style box lunches, I'm like, I hope my kids never see that because like, there's no way they're getting sent to school <laughs> with like different compartments <laughs> and different things cut into shapes. Like, it's it's not gonna happen in my house. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it sets a really high bar for a lot of moms. And yeah, so if you can do that, and if you are a mom who for whom that brings joy and true. you enjoy yeah. it. By all means, go for it. Right. But in the age of social media, um, you know, never before were we seeing that. Right? right if you're not a mom um then who like through for whom that does something for you or that lights you up then don't do that and forget about what so and so like down the street is doing
0: yeah yeah so what kind of meals do you help parents like plan for what kind of meals yeah
1: um number one we talk a lot about family meal yeah so, um, kind of whatever that looks like for parents is really, you know, what, what I aim to, to support them. in. for some parents that's even like, can we plan for a meal every week where we all sit down and let's order in instead of making food at home? Because that's the only way that we can, um, you know, get everyone to sit down, um, or mm-hmm. how can we make a meal for our family where everyone can be there and maybe it's, you know, we make half at home and half from the grocery store. Like, you know, I make a salad at home and pick up a rotisserie chicken or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, So it's really focusing on taking things back to basics and then creating an environment where there's very little stress, right? Because the thing that I always say is if we're going to create a meal, that's perfect, but it's so late that, you know, like (laughs) that our kids are basically hangry Plus yeah. the older kids are running out to hockey lessons and plus this one's running out to dance and we have like three and a half minutes to eat that meal. Those that's are our Wednesdays. Gonna be, <laughs> right. That's not going to be a successful meal, right? I'd rather yeah. say everyone's going to sit down and eat a tuna sandwich yeah. and like, let's all relax about it than mm-hmm. um, you know, creating this ideal of perfection when it's not going to work for us.
0: Yeah. 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 I know we have like um, basketball practice on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. and like mm-hmm. you know you have to get all the homework done before then, totally. and you gotta feed everybody and change them. And I'm like, oh my goodness, totally. oh, <laughs> you know. Totally. But like, if you don't eat before you go, you're gonna be starving at practice. Yeah, you know. And I'm like, what a horrible time for practice. But that is, a you know, so many of us, <laughs> so many of us
1: are like living those lives. Yeah. Yeah, And I think that, that part of what I also work with parents is to um, just sort of honor where you are, right? Yeah. Like, even if maybe whatever you're doing now is not an ideal or when your kids are 15, you know, you want everyone to be able to sit down to it to even like a 7 o'clock, you know, a later dinner. If family meals are important to you and, you know, whatever it is that you're doing that, that you want to be able to set the foundations for – I can help you support, you know, support you in creating the foundations for them now, even if it doesn't look perfect, right? You know, I would right. love for my whole family to sit down together um, for dinner. But again, my kids walk in the door at five o'clock, they want dinner. My husband isn't home yet. We're not yeah. all together. Yeah. But, you know, we, we create that structure and, you know, everyone sits at the table. My kids sit at their own little table, whether they're, you know, there's still no dinner in front of the TV or whatever it is. It's creating that structure when kids are younger, um, even if you maybe want to change things when they're older. And, I know,
0: because that's what I was going to say is, like, do you yeah. think that that structure changes even though, like, what you want and your priorities yes. might not?
1: And I think that it's really important for moms to, to be okay with that
0: and be flexible and yeah. be
1: flexible in it yeah. and recognize that it's okay right i think yeah. there's a lot of mom even when i talk in my practice about the importance of family meals and all of those kind of things and parents are like well we work shifts like we you know we can't do that all the time is recognizing yeah. where you are in your life and where your kids are and you know things
0: change because right because it's like one of the questions i think at uh my um, pediatrician's office that they ask every year is like, how many days a week do you sit down as a family for dinner? Yeah. And I'm like, is that kind of setting us up for this? Oh my gosh, I'm not doing a good job feeling you know, if you're a working parent and you've got two parents on different schedules or yeah. you've got kids and, you know, different sports at different times. Totally. So you've got this half of the family eating at this time and this half of the family eating at that time. Totally. And, you know, I think like, that question. Is that? Right.
1: I think that question um, could probably be framed a little bit better. Yeah. Um, Because I do think that it probably does create a, a little bit of guilt for a lot of families. Yeah. And I think that one thing that's important is remembering that um, family meals don't ever have to happen at dinner time. That's true, right? So yeah. in my house, our family meal is you know ten minutes of breakfast. Normally, it's yeah. when we're all in the kitchen. It's when we all happen to be there. We're all you know getting ready for work. We sort of coordinate to be around for the for, you know for breakfast at. 7:30 in the morning, and we're all there for 10, 15 minutes, and that's yeah. really our family meal time, right? Yeah. At dinner, I'd say doesn't happen um, <laughs> for all of us together, except for the weekends. Yeah. And really, that's okay, right? So yeah. a lot of it is also reframing your expectations around what is this realistically going to look like. Maybe yeah. it's like even Sunday lunch where everyone's together, or whatever that yeah. looks like, and when we're talking about. And um, the positive effects of a family meal, it's less about does it happen every day? And it's more about is it a positive experience when it does?
0: Quality over quantity. Yes.
1: And <laughs> if we can get it to every day, if there were yeah. family we breakfast together and dinner together, that is
0: beautiful. Right. Um, and like we do fun- dinner together every day right yeah. now. And we have like a very structured like conversation and it's yeah. like this beautiful thing that's happening right now. But like, you know, I have four kids at some point when they're all involved in stuff. Totally. Are we ever going to eat together again? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But
1: I, but I think know. it's also great to keep that structure of, you know, we eat dinner together. Yeah. Whoever's not there might not. Right. Um, but as a general idea or, you know, yeah. family ideal or family value, we all sit down together at six o'clock.
0: Yeah. Or whatever it
1: is, you know. Yeah. Whatever time it is.
0: right now I like is earlier than six because my toddlers are like totally totally melting down before six yeah Yeah. but then like that's stressful because my husband is like rushing home from work early so that he can be there for it and he has the flexibility in his job to be able to do that but I'm like how many families could actually do this you know like I don't think that this is realistic for the majority so I don't know but so do you help families just kind of with the support of creating this structure or is this like with the meal planning as well? Because I think that um, that's a huge stress also.
1: Yeah. So I do a little bit of both. I run um, an online group coaching program called Mind yeah. Up Meal Time. And so I support moms in the practical, you know, as I said, sort of changing the mindset around mealtime, but also, yeah. okay, then how do we get it done? what does that look like Um, and then I also support families one-on-one and through an online uh, course that I have called the Stress-Free Mealtime Manifesto which is all around addressing picky eating and and addressing um, you know more of the introducing more foods into our kids repertoire what does a successful meal even look like like how do we set up the environment to help our kids introduce new foods and to help them eat everything that we want them to be eating and all of that kind of you know, information without having to yeah. sit there and say, you must eat your broccoli before, you, <laughs> you know, get up from the table.
0: Oh, we need some help with that over here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely you know another piece of it is there's nothing worse than when you do find your the time to get dinner on the table and you do actually yeah. prepare a meal. And then your toddler looks at you or your child looks at you and goes, that's
0: disgusting. <laughs> I'm not eating that. My three-year-old's new favorite thing is, um, uh, I don't really love this. <laughs> and so, like, if she doesn't love it, she's not going to eat it. And yeah. I'm like, I'll settle for like. You don't right. have to love. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't people. really love this. Yeah. Like, oh, my goodness. You are going to Mine me. are like, you, you cut this wrong. That's not fair. <laughs> I don't
1: know where they learned this. That's not fair. From yeah. but apparently, if you do anything wrong, it's not fair. <laughs> so that's a lot of uh you know where I'm working with parents um both one-on-one and you know in the online space to um properly introduce new foods to their kids to you know address some of the nutrition concerns around even you know for children who have food allergies or um who are on a restricted diet for any other reason just to make sure that what they're getting is nutritionally appropriate but also how do we expand what they're already getting? Um, you know, in the picky eating space.
0: Yeah. So how, like, what are some tips for picky eating? I guess. An excellent question. Um, <laughs> so one
1: of of the biggest things that I always encourage parents to think about is um, before making any changes, is thinking about how we can do it consistently. Yeah. So that's just the biggest thing is a lot of um, you know, the conflict at mealtime or the stress at mealtime can come with kids not knowing what the expectations are. Yeah. So, you know, if we're going to make any changes, if we're going to create new rules is starting with like the smallest micro steps that you feel like you can take and yeah. doing that, you know, with absolute consistency. And one of the things that I, that I tell parents is to think about whether or not their kids are actually showing up to the table hungry. Because often as moms, we're sort of afraid of hunger. I feel like, you know, if, if your child says, let like, let I'm hungry. It's like you may as well, like, take, you know, a big red permanent marker and like put F on your forehead. Like your failed is a character. your child is hungry. Um, and really reframing hunger even as an important motivator. And yeah. that doesn't mean restricting food by any means. It doesn't mean withholding food, but that does mean if we often are in a space where our kids take, you know, one, two, three snacks right before dinner, they're probably not going to eat the vegetables you put on their plate. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of parents say, well, my child ate their body weight in in um, macaroni and cheese last night, even though they had these snacks. And then right. today they didn't eat, the, you know, the chicken that I made. Right. And remembering that sometimes we eat with our eyes and sometimes we eat with our um, tummies, but we've probably all been in spaces where, you know, you were hungry enough for like, if there was something good, <laughs> eat it, right? Like, if there was something good on the table, why not? But if there isn't something good, you're not hungry enough to eat it.
0: What about the kids that are like, Oh, no, I'm not going to eat this. And then like 20 minutes after dinner time, it's like, I'm starving oh, now.
1: <laughs> so there's something that we call a division of responsibility when it comes to mealtime. And really yeah. what that says is, um, our job as parents is to decide when food happens, when yeah. we're having meals, when dinner happens, when snacks happen, what that looks like. So do we put it on the table? Do we you know, maybe have it at a kid's table or eating at the breakfast bar. Is everyone putting their own food on their plate? All of those questions, parents answer. Am I serving everyone or is everyone choosing their own, you know, pork, whatever that is? Um, and kids decide if they want to eat and if they want to eat, how much they want to eat.
0: What do you think is like the better option? Like, should I be serving them up or should they be serving themselves?
1: Serving themselves is always um, ideal Sometimes, but it's definitely a bigger learning curve for a lot of people because, you know, you'll probably see a two-year-old be like, I want all of this and take (laughs) all of their plate and then not eat any of that. So (laughs) sort of figuring out that middle ground of what does that look like um, and, you know, maybe just eggs then even, like, if you want more, you can take more, but finish with all, you know, you can, everyone can take one scoop to start and let the two-year-old take the one scoop
0: cuz i like hadn't even really thought of that and i kind of wonder like is that a better strategy mm-hmm. for okay you don't have to eat like 15 carrots but yeah. you need to eat some carrots so pick how many you're going to eat
1: so in the division of responsibility we would say they don't have to eat any carrot yeah, you just have to, um, you know, like really recognize that they're there and they're available. For lots of parents, um, they like putting them on their plate so that they can continue seeing them. Yeah. But technically speaking, our kids don't have to eat any vegetables. Really, really, I yeah. know, I know. It's a mindset shift, right? I know. And that's what I. That's when I talk to parents a lot about what what our mindsets are around mealtime, because yeah. um, this strategy of of feeding our kids really supports. Um, the building of an intuitive eater, so an eater who doesn't feel pressured to eat, um, to restrict any food, or feel yeah. pressured to overeat, um, and really can can develop the um, the ability to listen to their tummies. Yeah, and we would all really be better off if we could, you know, tune out all <sighs> of the other messaging and all of the diet culture messaging and all of the chip advertisements we see everywhere messaging, and just be able to listen to our tummies. And so back to your point of a child who says, I'm not eating now and I am eating or I want to eat 20 minutes later. A lot of families, a lot of parents say, you know, how can I not give my child, um, you know, food afterwards? How can I say no to a snack 20 minutes after dinner?
0: And especially when like they didn't eat dinner. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But again, it comes back to this sort of mindset shift. of Our job as parents is to support our kids in honoring their hunger. Yeah. If you're hungry, you should eat. And if a child is telling you, I'm starving 20 minutes <laughs> after dinner, they were hungry at dinner. Yeah. So if we give them food afterwards, what we're really saying is, you were hungry then, you didn't honor it then, you don't have to because, you know, we'll offer you food later, right? Yeah. So it's just yeah. an important reframe for moms in terms of, you know, we're not withholding food after dinner. What we are saying is, you were hungry, you should have honored your your hunger then. Yeah. Next time, you should probably learn that when food is available and you're hungry, you should listen to your body.
0: Yeah. So, do you kind of start this like mind shift from day one with kids mm-hmm. or is this like something that comes as they grow? Um, so we I'm would, thinking like, like, you know, like with toddlers, like, yeah. you know, you can't really rationalize with a toddler as much as you can with a 10 year old.
1: Right. So you, so with toddlers, a lot of times it's not words, like we're right. not teaching them by words. Right? right. I could, I could explain to my child why bashing their head against a wall is also not a good idea, <laughs> but they wouldn't, you know, <laughs> yeah, as just as like... the capacity to understand that yeah. in words is not, um, is not really there. But if you think about yeah. sleep training or you think about, Um, you know any other expectations kids toddlers can learn we hold hands when we cross the street yeah and they can learn that by you saying that or they can learn that by every time you cross the street you take their hand and when they're walking on the sidewalk maybe they're allowed to you know maybe you continue holding their hand maybe they're allowed to walk on their own on the sidewalk right Right. Um, so they learn not necessarily by us talking about it, but really by the routine of it, right? Um, meals are meals are there for a limited amount of time,
0: yeah,
1: and then they're taken away. Or snacks are available for a certain amount of time and then they're taken away. Eventually, toddlers understand. They're very good at picking up routine, yeah, and understanding that food isn't available all the time,
0: right,
1: right. Um, and so that's a big difference. If you were to try and rationalize that or explain to <laughs> them, I guarantee you, like you may go back that's a
0: back meltdown. <laughs>
1: Um, But yeah. the understanding of, I'm, I'm sorry, like, you know, supper time is over, you yeah. didn't eat, um, is one that toddlers definitely understand in practice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, Ahuva, how do you feel? What do you feel is like some of the best advice around feeding our children? Like, if there was one big takeaway, what would it be?
1: Um, <laughs> number one, that it doesn't have to happen. Perfectly, yeah. Um, There is no perfect or right way to feed our families. There are guidelines, just
0: like parenting in general. Yeah,
1: like take off the pressure. Stop it. There (laughs) are guidelines, and there there are things that you know would be great if we could do. But also remembering that context is really important, and life is really important, and um, things don't always go perfectly. Yeah. So taking the stress off yourself as a, as a parent, if you're thinking that every mealtime is going to go perfectly, you, like we had a birthday party yesterday in which my kids ate cake at, you know, 4.45. They didn't eat any dinner,
0: so right? Dinner like, was at, great, yeah.
1: Yeah, dinner did not go well, but that's okay because that's life, right? Yeah. If we wanted everything to go well, then we could just stay home from every birthday party and we could, you know, turn down every every invite to someone else's home and all of those things and recognizing that sometimes life happens and yeah. that's important. And then also just remembering um, that eating is an experience and yeah. often the meal, the the beauty of the meal or the growth that happens from a meal or the, the nice experiences that our kids remember yeah. are about so much more than just the food that's on the table.
0: Yeah. So I think-, I think that that's really powerful cuz I mean like think back to like your childhood like Can you really remember everything that your mom prepared every night? No, but I remember having a family meal every night. Remember like how, yeah, you remember how you felt around that Mm -hmm. table. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Whether it was a positive experience or a negative experience where your parents showing up happy at the end of the day, or burnout (laughs) was Mm -hmm. good conversations or bad conversations. You know, like those are lasting imprints. I totally agree. And I think that taking some of that stress off, yeah. Provides for a more positive experience for everybody.
1: And that's never to say that, you know, if you wanted to make some changes or you wanted to, <laughs> you know, address your picky eater or you yeah. wanted to be able to say, like, hey, I'm going to stop ordering out every night and I'm going to start right. cooking at home. Those are right. all great things to say, but also, you know, to take the pressure off of that we all put on ourselves. To
0: degree, <laughs> we do and, it. Yeah.
1: Of, you know, it doesn't have to look perfect right from the get go. And small and steady changes are always fantastic.
0: Yeah. Who, where can my listeners and uh, followers find you?
1: Um, I hang out lots in my free community on Facebook. I have a community of almost 1,800 moms who are just really supportive in answering everyone's questions and talking from their own experience. And of course, you know, I answer questions in there as well Mm -hmm. around meal planning, around introducing solids, around feeding our kids healthfully. And it's called The Busy Mom's Guide to Feeding Your Family. Yeah. Or you can find me on Instagram, and it's at Ahuva RD. Share lots of strategies over there as well.
0: Perfect. Well, Ahuva, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, cheers to low stress <laughs> meal times. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Did you enjoy this episode? Please be sure to leave a five-star rating and review, and be sure to tell your friends. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Mimosas with Moms, and you can email me at the number 2mimosamoms at gmail.com.